0: What's up, everyone? Sultan of Strangles here. Uh, Today, I was able to interview one of the biggest names in the game, Tom DeBlass. What I really respect about this guy is that just like you and me, whoever's listening to the podcast, he was a working man. He went to college, he was a teacher, he had a full time job and was still able to win a world championships. He operated his gym until he could finally used the money from his gym to make a living. So he had a full time job running his gym for years. So that's super inspiring. I'm not really inspired by the guys who had rich parents paying for everything and they became a world championship. I am inspired by the working man like you and me that still was able to dig his way out of the rat race and make something of himself. His school has over 400 students. Is one of the most successful schools in America. Now, in this episode, I strictly made it about running a successful jujitsu gym. Whether or not you own a gym, you should listen to this episode because you will learn how to run a successful business. And even if you don't run a successful business, you will learn how to be a good employee, a good leader. A good student, a good teacher. So definitely give it a listen before we start. You know I gotta plug my shit. Go on my Instagram at cool rack, K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Please follow my gym page at Immortals Jiu Jitsu. Please follow the podcast on Instagram at rambling with rack. If you want to follow Tom the Blast, his Instagram is at Tom. D E B L A S S. And he has a backup account because his account got shadow banned at T O M D E B L A S S 2. Give him a follow. Post a lot of good content. Also on Facebook. Overall, amazing guy. The podcast was great. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello. How's it going, Tom? What's up, brother, man? What's up, guys? Um, let me just give you a little intro before we start. Um, guys, for those of you who don't know, you should already know him. The legendary Tom DeBlas. You can catch him on Instagram at Tom DeBlass and the backup account Tom TomDeBlass2. Give him a follow. Let me know what you think. We're here with the world champion today. Runs one of the most successful gyms in America. So today we're going to get some... Business advice and jujitsu advice from Tom. Tom, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, brother. How are you doing? Thank you for the introduction.
0: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. You know, um, I've had my gym for about a month. It's probably one of the most amazing, um amazing feelings in the world to to run a gym and help people out and, and train people. And I know that you did all of this um while having a full-time job. You you won a world championship while having a full-time job. And I believe the first couple years you ran your gym, you were working full-time, right?
1: I, I worked full-time. I was a school teacher for the first like year I had my academy. Uh so I graduated college. I, I started uh I opened my academy in like a small industrial park, but as soon as I Made the same amount of money that I made as a school teacher. I I quit being a school teacher, just to pursue my dream. Because man, I'm all about being like happy in this life, and I've always had that mentality. I I I've always equated success with happiness, and I can't be happy if someone else is my boss. I just I don't like it. I I, I hate it. I need to be my own boss. But the entire irony is to be successful opening your own academy. You have to look at your students as your boss. Right. So you really never get away from having a boss, you know, being an academy owner, you have to serve your students and essentially they are your boss. Right. But I mean, at least, you know, your fate is in your own hands, you know, so uh, that's what that's that- what I love it.
0: I never thought of it like that. It's actually really interesting. Um, can you elaborate more on what you mean when you say your students are your boss? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, I'm the instructor, I'm the boss. But it seems like you take like a an opposite approach here.
1: Yeah, man. It's like so many jiu instructors that, you know, I think they're, they're feeling themselves too much, you know, like. Yeah. You know- I'm the master, like you know you bow down to me, like you know don't get it twisted, like you you teach martial arts, right, and we have some students that are much you know when we talk about like uh monetary wise, we have some students that make tons of money and that are very successful in their chosen field and they they're choosing to be a beginner to come through our door and learn from us. so instead of looking at it as like <clears throat> like a boot camp type thing, we have to look at it as like a tutoring a tutoring session and and we're tutoring someone to help them become better in their life. And ultimately we need them more than they need us. And that's the truth. They could always find another martial arts Academy. And yeah, we could always find another student, but if we have the mentality to where we're kind of like a jerk, not many people are going to find us because I truly believe in the laws of attraction. I believe that people will find us that need to find us. People will find us that need to learn from us, and you know, it's like when well, my page got shadow banned, and it's still shadow banned. My profile searches, there. You know, when I wasn't shadow banned, like thirty thousand times a week, people would search my profile. Now that I've been shadow banned, like seventy thousand times a week, people that wow. because people gravitate to what they need. I, I truly believe that, you know. So. <clears throat> I mean, I think when you're running a school, you have to understand you, you have to put your student. Now, that. that doesn't mean become a doormat. That doesn't mean let them do whatever they want. Like, I have certain rules. You can't wear, like, a tie-dye colored gi. You can't wear mismatching gis. Everything has to be uniform. You could wear a black gi, a gray gi, a blue gi, a white gi. But you have to wear a T-shirt underneath your gi. And so let's say somebody says, oh, you know, I just bought this this tie-dye colored gi. You know, like, it was a it was a lot of money. What I'll do is I'll say, Well, you know what, I am sorry that you bought that gi. What I'll do is I will give you a gi, right? I'll give you a gi that fits in line with our standards. Uh, I'll come out of my pocket and wow. I'll give you that, and I'll give you that gi. So I'm 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 serving him, but in the same sense I'm keeping some kind of structure. And control, and I do say control, and I use the word control lightly because it's not about controlling your students. It's about controlling the environment. There's a difference between controlling humans and controlling the environment. I'm not into controlling humans. I'm into controlling the environment in which I pay the rent for. And if I don't control it, my environment will fail.
0: Exactly, because if you let one thing get out of hand, (laughs) then other people see that, they get out of hand, and before you know it, it just becomes like this one big clusterfuck, right? It,
1: it's anarchy, right? And and it's crazy, and it takes a while to set that culture. It takes a while, like the first few years. Like Gary could tell you, you know, I'm sure you've heard. Like there's oh, of, that's yeah. what I wanted
0: to get into next.
1: <laughs> there's there's tons of stories about me when I run used to run my academy, but I wasn't like the Tom the Blast in the Jiu Jitsu world that I am now. Mm-hmm. The culture is already set for me now. People know what to expect, and and they know where they're coming. So. It's actually a much looser vibe than it was when Gary was training uh, with me because I had to be more intense because people, you know, they didn't look at me as anything other than a young kid opening his school. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they want to be the top dog. They want to be they want to be the lion of the group. And for me, it's like if you let the wrong person take control, they're going to drive you right into a brick wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I I actually ran into that several times. I was running an open mat all summer. And there were people like that who just challenged the way it was run. And I'm just like, hey, man, maybe it's best that you don't come back. You know, sometimes you you have to enforce some type of discipline. And Gary actually told me a bunch of stories about how you had to discipline him at times. And um, him being the intense guy that he is, you know, I feel it is necessary as a coach and, you know, you are kind of a father figure to these guys. You're definitely a father figure to him. So I was wondering if there's any stories that you could elaborate on where you had to discipline someone and it was effective. You know, a young kid who's a tough kid has a lot of potential, but sometimes you have to sit him down and be like, hey, no means no.
1: You know, there's a lot over the years. I mean, I, I've had a child once come in and, you know, I, I have some like – uh some real tough guys in my school, not not, not just tough jujitsu wise. Like they're just good they're just tough humans, you know, like not guys that you, you'd really want issues with all outside of the mats. And I had a young man about 16 years old, like, you know, kind of challenge one of these, like just talking a lot of shit to a guy who was a pretty serious guy. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, so I trained with him and I, I, I I didn't get rough with him but I just dominated him in in a physical sense. And I was like, could you I was like, could you imagine if this wasn't me and this was so and so and we weren't training jiu jitsu, you know, and and he's able to throw punches and and he's throwing kicks and knees and and he's crushing your skull like the world is brutal, man, you know, and you have to treat people with respect. You know, and that's just one instance, you know, I think he learned pretty well. Gary was a, he was a tough cookie. He was just very, uh, he's, he's the same person he is now. He's very set in his ways. It's hard to have an argument with Gary. <laughs> yes. You know, he, he's an interesting kid that I really know how to deal with because I also have ADHD and I, it, he's just not easy. He's not an easy human. He's a great human. Right. But when, when he's pissed or when he's mad, like he, he's not easy and he's one of the most giving souls that you'll ever meet. Oh Yeah. Big time. I've never
0: seen someone more giving in my life.
1: You know, that's I'm telling you, that's the way he was he was raised, man. You know, like there's one thing about us, like our team, like you know, a lot of people you'll hear conflicting things with me sometimes. Some people will say, Man, it's just he's like a fake, nice guy. He's not really that nice. He's a mean guy. No, no, I'm I'm not nice to the people who don't deserve to be for me to be nice to. But if you're a nice person and, and you need my help, like I'm I'll literally walk through fire for you I'll do anything for you I'm one of the most loyal dudes that that I've ever met you know and and I'm thankful to have some of the most loyal people in my life as well to me and uh, you know I had to whoop Gary's ass a few times because that's the only way he learned from from an ass beating right yeah uh, but some people don't learn through aggression some people learn through talking and understanding and uh, I try I take a different approach now at 38 I try to be very loving and 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 understanding because the the stories are already, I mean, anybody on team Hanzo, like not, not like everybody around the world will know the stories, but most people on our team know that like I was a very intense guy. So I don't really need to bring intensity to the table because people know like, yeah, the, Tom could be an intense guy, but now I think it's more important to show that I care through love right through like man like i i'm just very honest I'll, I'll tell people like you doing this is hurting my feelings like you're you're hurting me like do you want to hurt me do you want to make me feel bad like do you want to make me feel like i'm failing you and you'll be surprised most people don't want to hurt and just telling I, I use that with the kids all the time like yeah guys you're making me upset like you're making me feel like, I'm failing you right now. Does that make you feel good? Like, do you want to make me feel bad? And when you say that, these kids, man, they, their eyes just, they change and they and they develop a compassion for the, for you immediately and they want to please you. Most people that come through your door, they want to please you. They want to make you proud and they do so in different ways. Not everybody knows how to do it. So they do what they think they're good at. You know, so let's say it's a very, very aggressive guy or a strong guy. When he's using all that strength, slamming that white belt or that woman all over the place, we look at it as them being dickheads. But in their mind, they're doing it to please you and impress you. So we have to educate them rather than smash them sometimes. We have to let them know, like, hey, listen, I know you're giving your best. And I I think it's great with how strong you are. You know, that's definitely going to come into play and it's going to help you. But right now we need to leave that strength at the door because you're not going to impress me with winning. You're going to impress me with your learning and your ability to adapt to the environment and be a good teammate, not be the most dominant teammate. So there's a, there's a real huge mental aspect to this game that most people I'd say 99% of people, they don't get it. They don't get it. You know?
0: And um, I I a hundred percent understand that part. Cause I've had that happen before. Like, I brought a student of mine to an open mat, and he's usually very calm in the gym with me, but when we were at a visiting gym, he was freaking out, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're, you're making yourself look like a fool. He's like, man, I didn't want to lose in front of you. I'm like, dude, this is just a training session. This isn't win or lose, and uh, <laughs> it was wild.
1: And to them, it's it's the end all be all. To them, it's it's literally life or death. It's so important to them. And, and we have to understand that and we can't undermine that. Like I've made a lot of mistakes over the years of undermining some students. You know, it's, it's a constant learning experience. So I'm sure there's some students out there that'll tell you I'm, I'm the greatest instructor to ever live. And some will tell you that I'm the worst. And both may be true for that individual person. And I know one thing, it's like it's a constant state of e evolvement. We have to constantly be evolving as instructors. Like when I opened as a 24 year old kid, I couldn't certainly know how to run a school compared to how I'm running a school at 38 years old. It's just impossible. You know? And uh that's what most people need to understand. Like we're not always right. You know, uh the the instructor is not always right. We might we might have that perfect heel hook and that perfect arm bar, but just like on the mats, how things are ever evolving, uh Things are ever evolving mentally and and how we run an academy and psychologically how we deal with certain people and times have changed so people need to be dealt with differently when it comes to a psychological perspective, because the world is much different than it was 10 years ago so their stresses are much different. Their mindset is much different. Everything about everybody is much different than it was even one year ago and if we're not adapting. If we're not overcoming and, and understanding that we have to change with the times, the same way the technique will leave us, our academy will leave us and 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 mentally people will leave us as well. You know, I think there's some people out there, you know, you'll, you'll find more people, you'll find a lot of people who are more accomplished than me competitively, right, that have won a lot more medals, uh, that have done a lot more things, yet they don't sell as well as I sell instructionals and that might be confusing to the person who's won you know four adccs or that might be confusing to the black belt world champion in the gi how is tom the blast is gi instructional selling more than mine well it's simply because mentally you're terrible you know you're good for you you know you've won your titles but do you relate to people outside of the competition mats do you touch people's lives do you understand them psychologically and i think most people just truly don't and i don't know if it's because of a lack of suffering that they've endured in their life or if it's because they can't empathize that other people learn differently than their own self sometimes it's really hard for a super talented guy to understand how someone else can't do a basic arm bar you know and it's just that we all we all have our different strengths, you know, and I think it's imperative for the black belt and for the instructor or the brown belt instructor, for whatever you are, to understand that it's more than just beating people up, man. You have to connect with them. You have to connect with them. And, you know, that's one thing I think a lot of people are lacking with, the connection. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I want, I 100% agree with you on that um, because, you know, people that come into my place, I I don't try to view them as a number. And I feel like that's a huge issue they've had at their previous gyms. Uh, you know, one guy said his instructor never reached out to him until after the credit card declined because he had left and his instructor didn't even know. And I know Gary and Gordon told me that you are so much more than an instructor to them, you know. I know Gary growing up, he didn't really uh, have a father figure around. And I think you had a kind of a similar upbringing to him. Could you tell me um, how are you more than just a jujitsu coach? Like, what are some things you've done for students that uh, go outside the gym?
1: So real quick, like. Gary's Gary's dad was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. I even even though my just in case my dad ends up listening to this, I don't want him to feel bad. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he was very present in my life, but I, I've dealt with a lot with him. Just you know, Gary's dad was a little less present, and I think with me with Gary, like there's a lot of mistakes I made with Gary. Like he came to me when I was a 24 year old kid, and I was wild, man. Like I I was a I was a crazy kid, you know, so he's seen a lot of the things I've done, but like, there's one thing that remains consistent all across the board, regardless of what your personality is, regardless if you're crazy, if you're passive or whatever, and that's love, right? If you love, you, you truly care. And that person feels that love. And, and I definitely, you know, I, I, I loved him like a, like a little brother. So, you know, I mean, I could get into a lot of the things I've done off the mats you know number one it's like giving my time as much time as i could i've i've had so many conversations and sit downs and talks with students who needed help or 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 needed to talk to somebody you know i mean i've let people train for free i've done just things that you're supposed to do you know i mean i I don't want to make it seem like i'm doing something that other people wouldn't do because i don't believe i am i think that i'm just doing what i'm supposed to do uh but the relationship doesn't end on the match you know i i want to know my students and i want them to understand that you know i am there for them and there's only one of me so i i can't you know constantly all day be on instagram answering dms it's just impossible because in my own relationship suffer but i i truly do give my best i i think i'm very much like i'm kind of a contradiction because i i'm a maniac in some senses but i think in some senses i'm too soft uh and, and I think uh, some of the people I've, I've my best for and really given a lot to are the same people who have uh, – I don't want to say stab me in the back because they haven't really – I don't care enough for them – for me to say they stabbed me in the back. But, you know, I've had a few people leave my academy over the years. And uh, I think most people who have left my academy have done so because it's just such tough training in my academy and you're never going to be the – the big fish in a small pond in my academy. And some people can't deal with that, but those same people I've broke my back for, you know, I I've, I've helped them so much, you know, and now they've left and they go to a smaller school or they'll never become a, a, you know, a famous Jitsu guy training at that school, but for them, you know, I guess it's, it's good. So, I mean, I, uh, overall, I have much more loyal students that have appreciated the things I've done for them than the students who have not, but, I've come to learn that no matter what you do, sometimes no matter how much you try, it's still not good enough. You know, like, uh, you you just, well, one, one thing I use all the time, whether people believe in him or not, we do know that there was a man named Jesus Christ. That was a pretty good guy. He wasn't a bad guy and he got crucified. His own people turned their back on him and allowed him to be nailed to the cross. Right? So who am I to think that people won't turn their back on me or fuck me over. I'm you know, I'm just a very, very uh minute, you know, I'm I'm nothing in, in in the big scheme of things. So I try to keep that mentality and that's definitely helped me over the years.
0: Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice because um I feel like a lot of gyms don't know how to deal with that. They'll they'll just let somebody go, but at least you're having the talk with them and letting them know, hey, you could be big if you train hard here. If you just want to be the big fish in the small pond, that's not going to happen overnight because it's not the type of show I run. Now, um, which brings me to my next question. Um, What are some cases where you actually had to kick people out? And how do you uh, and what line do they have to cross for that to happen? Because I've seen people kicked out of gyms for reasons that I really believe they should have been kicked out. Yeah, you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen people kicked out of gyms for reasons that they really didn't deserve. And I've seen people allowed to stay in gyms that were hurting people and, and creating a really toxic environment. So I was wondering, what's your line that people, once they cross, you have to have that talk with them and say, maybe this place isn't for you.
1: You know, I really don't even recall kicking people out in the 14 years I've had my academy. I've I found making sometimes I've made things so uncomfortable for certain students they've left. And that's only come from students who I found out like, you know, they were angry because they didn't get promoted. So they went around and they were asking another school how much it is to train with them. You know, I I had a student do that and that, that really upset me. So I, uh, I gave him like an ultimatum that he didn't take and he chose leaving. So, I don't know if I would consider that kicking him out or him choosing another path. I've had, uh, one student, you know, disrespect a woman in my school, call her a name, which I, he, he's lucky I didn't smash his face. And I just removed him from the school, uh, cause he was disrespectful to a female. And, uh, I mean, I think that's all I can recall as far as me, like kicking somebody out. Uh, I, I really haven't, had that issue because you know it's very hard to be a dick at my school because there's a lot of scary men you know uh there's a lot of people who are very serious dudes man that are very very nice people but you know if you do something wrong to them you're gonna have to deal with consequence and i'm not talking about me being one of those men it is a very very tight-knit group my, my my academy people really care for one another and uh you really don't want to piss some people off there. And in order to piss them off, you're going to have to be like intentionally hurting people or slamming females. We have a very light atmosphere, too. Like we laugh, we joke, we have fun. Like you, you really got to be a jerk off to get kicked out of my school or to get another man physically accosting you. Uh, and I've had people do crazy shit. Like I said, I got some animals. Not, not so long ago, I had one of my dudes, like a fight broke out in the middle of a roll. You know, and uh, man, like not many people would be able to handle this guy like I was able to handle him. But not that he he, I'm able to handle him just because of him fearing me. No, it's because he knows I truly do care, you know, and I think once people know you truly care for them, they're going to give you their best. They're going to give you everything because they don't want to disappoint you. And that is crucial in building an academy letting your students know and having them understand you truly give a fuck about them because most people don't. Most people don't.
0: Yeah. I see that more and more. I see a lot of people that, you know, students clock in clock out, they get the monthly dues and they're like, that's all they care about. So it's very good to see, you know, instructors who actually care about their students Um, One more thing that you talked about that I think is very, very important is structure. You know, it's called martial arts for a reason, military arts. There's got to be structure, you know, ranks, um, rules. I was just interested in your structure and how you run your class and your training sessions. I, I remember a post on Facebook to where you Have some rules for hobbyists, you have some rules for competitors. If you see a competitor is missing a day, you talk, you have a talk with them. So, I'm very interested in you know, how do you run your gym? What are the rules at your gym? And, um, anything else you'd like to add to that?
1: So, I mean, the basic classes all my basic classes, uh, they have a set structure to warm up that are the same every day, uh. And I don't teach them. I teach uh, the 530 class every day, which is a nogi class. And uh, it's a very high intensity class that all people take, not just my competitors, but my non-competitors as well. But I'm very adamant about my non-competitors taking breaks throughout that class, uh. Uh, not rolling every single roll because I want them fresh for my competitors. Uh, if they don't want to roll at all, they don't have to roll. They, they, they do the technical aspect, the technical part. And uh yeah, I do expect to see my competitors there all the time. If they're not, I, I'm I'm not I'm not happy because I'm not gonna pour my heart and soul into somebody who's not you know, giving it back. Uh yeah. my non competitors, I don't care. I just want them happy. Uh the hobbyists, you know, come when you could come. If you can't come, if you have something important going on please do your thing you're training to be happy i would rather you train one day a week than not at all one day a week is 52 times a year i don't expect jujitsu to be their life i i expect jujitsu to be a part of their life the competitors out there have to understand how hard this shit is you know it's, it's not easy you know to to go out there and win at a high level uh and and to be successful it takes so much sacrifice like the way I used to train when I was coming up through the ranks, like when I won my my first trial and my second trial, my third trials that I won, I wasn't training as hard, but I was still training. But man, I was, there was one time I trained like 72 days in a row. It was something insane, you know, yeah. because I just couldn't stop training. I was so obsessed with it. Uh, now I don't, I don't feel like really training. I just feel like coaching. I don't really feel like training at all. It's almost like PTSD because the way we train as competitors is so intense. You could only keep that level of intensity for so long because it's stressful mentally and physically. But I do expect my competitors to to give me their best. And if they are tired, if they are hurt, of course I want them to tell me and I want them to to, to express themselves. And you know we'll work around it, we'll figure a way. But you know also these young competitors that want to be a competitor, if they find themselves always you know bent out of shape or always struggling mentally and you gotta ask yourself like are you really built for this and not everybody is you know uh it's a different world like not everybody's gonna be a navy seal right like that's just the way it is you just can't do it you know not everyone's gonna be an elite level competitor but uh you know some some Basic, like I said, the geese, the geese have to be matching. You have to have a T-shirt underneath your geese. You have to be clean, cut your nails, brush your teeth. You know, don't leave your water bottles all over the place. Don't leave your stuff, just your, your dirty clothes, you know, in the locker room. I just, you know, how you would treat a doctor's office, I expect them to treat my academy. You know, like have how they would ex- treat their own home, I want them to treat that just like they would treat my academy. You know, just with respect and uh it it goes pretty smooth man
0: interesting you said how you treat your own home but man i've seen some people's homes and i'm like
1: i don't want my academy
0: to look like that yeah
1: i actually thought of that when i when i said that that is true so (laughs) how you would treat somebody else's home if you were treated if you were invited over as a guest right
0: okay that that's definitely better um i was having an argument with gary now um i noticed when people come to my gym uh, when I close the sale is usually when they come and I let them roll, they see how, how amazing of a workout it is. And they're like, wow, where do I sign up? But I, I, Gary told me he does not let guys roll. And he told me that's a strict rule with you as well. If you're, if you just started, you're not allowed (laughs) to roll until they get permission. Is that true? And if it is, uh, what's your reasoning behind it? And why do you think it's the right way to do things?
1: Yeah, you can't roll until you have two stripes on your belt with me, uh, <clears throat> because most most humans can't. Un- they don't fathom <clears throat> how how hard it is, and and to let someone roll when they don't know how to roll, it, it, it's it's dangerous. I feel because you, you they have no idea what to do. So it's like, all right, here's the keys to the car. Go drive on the highway. Now mm-hmm. it's just creating bad habits, I feel, and, and I feel many times it, it's overwhelming for the student. It's mm-hmm. very, very overwhelming for the person who has no idea what to do. So when they wait till two stripes, at least they have a, an idea of the basic things they should be working on. They get to see what rolling is because they're looking around. You know, I had a power lifter come in. Oh, I wanna roll, I wanna roll. No. Wow. Wait till yeah. you have two stripes. No, I wanna roll now. You know, I'm not getting a good workout. So finally, when I rolled with him, he never came back, you know, because it was just crushing to his ego. So I think you have to prepare them mentally before we just throw them in because you don't know what you don't know. So that's that's my mentality with that. It's worked phenomenally with me. And uh, you just never know who you're throwing in there either. Like if the person's a loose cannon, are they going to be going way too hard? Is it going to be getting way too aggressive? Like we don't really know. And I just don't feel it's a, a conducive lesson for the person or whoever I'm asking to roll with that person. I, I don't like to, to allow someone to roll until they at least have a few tools to know what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing.
0: You know, that, that really changed my outlook there. I, I could see why you do it, uh, and it makes a lot of sense because definitely I'll see a lot of new guys come in and just struggle and I'm like, you know, maybe I shouldn't allow them to roll. So I, I might, I might change that up. It uh, definitely seems like some really good advice. Um, now and, the person,
1: talked- and the person, the person who can't wait to roll, most likely you don't want that person anyway, you know, <laughs> because martial arts really does require to have some level of patience. And if they can't just listen to you with the most basic thing, how are they going to listen to you with anything? you know it's like they most likely are going to grow to be an issue now if they come in as a wrestler or if I feel this person is you know an extreme athlete extremely dedicated yeah i i i will make exceptions sometimes but for the most part i stick to my guns
0: yeah i've um yeah, what <laughs> you said about the wrestlers that kind of seems like uh, that those guys cause problems too because they're there to say, yeah, I'm gonna kick all the jujitsu guys' asses, and we gotta kind of show them, you know, with technique, uh, uh, their wrestling means nothing, you know. So it's 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 fun to go against those guys. 100%. Um, so we've talked about structure. We've talked about being more than a coach. We've talked about issues. Now, I noticed that you are very good at sales, whether or not you realize it or not. I notice on social media, you respond to almost everyone and I tell people how important that is. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on sales advice for your academy. How do you deal with people who come in and when it's time to sign them up, they say, I'll let you know, I gotta talk to my wife, my work hours. Uh, Um, How do you close the sale? What do you, what do you, what, what, you know, what tactics do you use? And if you get any gym owners, some advice, what would that be?
1: Well, I'm one of the rare gym owners that actually works with people on the pricing. If it's something way out of their range, I will lower it for them as long as they're being honest. But, you know, the man who says, I got to go home and talk to my wife, I mean, I, I allow that I'm okay man go talk to your wife but here's my personal phone when you talk to her shoot me a text ASAP so we can figure this out uh, there's some things we can't control and like you know some some dudes really do have to talk to their wife to make that decision uh, some people when they say about a work schedule I, I, I kind of ask them like well what is your schedule generally uh, you know take a look at this schedule do you, think you can make it twice a week is it the price that's too high that's that's, uh, you know, deterring you. Like, what do you think? We want to get you on the mats. You know, we want to get you here. But I'm pretty, pretty easy going with it now because I don't need, like, I'm not under the gun to where, like, I need every student to enroll. You know, we're doing well. We're getting a lot of students. And I feel like I want them there. But it's like the student who I have to talk into it. Most times, they're the ones that are going to not last, right? Oh, wow. Uh, And and that's just what I feel like if I have to coax someone into or almost trick them into enrolling and they're probably going to be there for a few months and then their account's going to go delinquent and they're not going to show up anymore. And it's just going to be a headache. So I do work with people financially and I I let them know, like I really do want you here. If you have to check with your wife for sure, uh, you know, can you call her now? Or if you want to go home, you could talk to her and then make sure you shoot me a text as soon as you talk to her. Giving them my personal phone definitely helps, uh, I don't really do the enrollments now anymore. Uh, we have a, a worker Danielle who does it. She, she does really, really well. I think it's good for you to have a almost, you know, to have a woman sometimes do it. She has a very, very high success rate with the enrollments. Uh, I don't know why, but she, but she's sharp with it. She's good, and uh, for me to be able to focus more on just the class and have her do so much more with the actual enrollment part makes my life much easier. It's just hard to do it all. But uh I think we have to understand that people are going through tough times uh financially. You know, whatever you charge a month, whether it's 130, 140, 160, that's a lot of money to people. Not they're not they, they it's hard. You know, so I would rather a student enroll at a hundred and you know, thirty dollars a month, whether it be one sixty five dollars a month, rather than not have them enroll at all. You know? Uh I, I do believe the more welcoming we are, the more that the more people will find this.
0: Interesting. That actually leads me right next to my uh, next question, which is um, what qualities do you look for in an assistant coach or someone that is going to be working for your business? I, um, I have a business partner and my, my what I really look for in a business partner is that they're hardworking, that they're going to show up, and that they have integrity, that they're not going to screw me over. So I was wondering, what are some of your core qualities that you look for in an, an assistant coach, someone who works the front desk, someone who does enrollments?
1: So all my people are homegrown. You know, They've been with me, with me from the start, and they just have to be coachable. Number one, they have to be able to take criticism. Number two, they have to be able to listen. Number three, and they have to be able to do it my way. Because it is my way. It's my school. If you don't like it, don't work for me. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, and they have to have compassion. They have to be caring. They have to have good personality. They have to have be able to speak. They have to truly care. And uh, they have to be consistent. You know, they have to be someone I could trust that will show up every day. I've never had a, an instructor just flake out on me. Uh, I, I don't tolerate that. I won't tolerate it. You know, so all those things matter the most but it's kind of (laughs) people that i really you know picked personally from my academy over the years to do so oh wow so
0: it wasn't like putting it out on craigslist enrollment person no never i won't allow
1: that i'll never i never bring in an outside person ever okay
0: so that's super important to to get someone homegrown because you know you trust them you molded them and they're not going to screw you over Um, and for the last question of the day, um, you know, I feel like a lot of gyms are struggling and I asked them, how do you market your gym? Do you market on Instagram? Do you market on Facebook? like, no, you know, we're just trying to grow on word of mouth. So I wanted to ask you, what are some marketing tactics and advice you could give to the gym owners? And I know you've dealt with a lot of roadblocks, such as the shadow ban on Instagram, um, how would you what advice would you give to people on marketing and what advice would you give to people when they come into roadblocks how to overcome obstacles obstacles
1: like that i mean word of mouth is definitely the best way to market you know give your students incentive to people to bring people in or also just let them know like listen if you like what you have please talk about it bring your family members bring your friends in have them check in on facebook now it's difficult because all the government you know regulations you know, not everybody's able to be training. So checking in on Facebook is, you know, it depends where you're living, but, uh, usually having them check in on Facebook all the time, every time they're here, say that they're there, talk about it. And then I've run Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's basically just talking about it, sharing your positive experiences, letting the world know how much you love training and why you love it. And, uh, You know, reaching the other side more than just the toughness, you know, letting people understand the mental benefits that they'll receive from training, the weight loss benefits, the stress relief, and just being, you know, transparent as far as that aspect goes, because people need it, man. You know, they really need it. And the more you convince them that they do need it, the more they'll come to you. Very true. You know, um,
0: another another aspect that I definitely think you emphasize is humbleness. Like, for example, coming on this podcast (laughs) today, you didn't really have to, you know, and I and I really appreciate you taking your time. Uh, I really appreciate that uh, you giving me the chance to interview you. And and it truly means a lot to me. Do you have any last words for the listeners?
1: Uh, No, I appreciate everybody's support that supports me. Uh, you know, keep giving your best, hang tough. These times are exceptionally tough for everybody. I pray that this passes sooner than later, but, you know, we have to adjust with the times and uh, just stay positive, you know, stay positive and and keep grinding.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Tom. It really means the world to me and I'm super
1: grateful for you. You got it, brother. Thank you, Mike. Talk soon, my man. Have an awesome day.
0: All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Definitely, I learned a lot from that, and I will be implementing a lot of those values into the running of my own gym at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, which you could follow on Instagram. You could also follow me at at K-O-O-L-R-A-K and follow the podcast at Rambling with Rack. Hope you guys have an amazing day. Let me know if you want me to have more guests. It seems like you guys really like the guest format but you also love the format where it's just me talking into the mic. Let me know what guests you want. Go on my Instagram, leave me a comment, tell me what guests you want, tag them, and we are going to make this podcast huge. Love you guys. I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for your support.